Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Do you work here? Obviously, yes. How many people you know wear a name tag recreationally? What, you think I'm behind the counter because I got lost? Do I work here? No, I'm just dressed like this because I'm going to the midnight premiere of Ikea the movie. Good morning, Swirl, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, May 25th. I'm J.E. Skeets, rolling with the homie Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tass. We got my Top Shot Hot Boy and fellow freak, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Leellis. Friends. Lily. Last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second, smash that like button, and then later leave your comments below. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Really appreciate it. Send in your questions and your comments for tomorrow's new Beach Steppin' Podcast. If you're new around here, every week, or usually every week, we, we hit the beach to read your NBA questions and comments. It's the only place to go to read your tweets and your emails. So email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com, or tweet them in at nodunksinc. And finally, go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Thank you to everybody who went and grabbed themselves a limited edition icy blue wedgie shirt. Uh, These were a big hit, uh, at least according to our Twitter followers. People were liking these, grabbing a few of them. So thanks to everybody that went and got one of those limited edition wedgie t-shirts those are all gone now they were only available for 12 hours there on monday but thank you thank you thank you lots of other good stuff though always available over at nodunks.com okay well let's get to it um not the greatest games but we'll break them down anyway first one we'll start with the second game Jokic scoring 38 nuggets beat the blazers 128 109 to even the series at one game apiece lily take it away well, I think this was actually a good game. I mean, if you look at the final score, you think maybe you'll blow out of there. It was a, it was a good win by the Nuggets, but I think it was a little bit tighter than that because it was a pretty tense one. We had quite a few technical fouls, a little bit of pushing and shoving going on, everyone getting involved in a game that the Nuggets had to win, really. This was a huge game for them in the series, and at tw- at halftime, they were up 12 and uh, looking good, but they had one big problem lurking, and that was Damian Lillard was on fire, had 32 points uh, on eight threes in that first half. So... The Nuggets made a big move to start the second half, and I think this is a huge move by Mike Malone. He put Aaron Gordon on Lillard at the start of the second half, and it worked really well because not only could Lillard sort of, uh, it was harder for him to shoot and get shots off, but it really just disrupted the entire Blazers' offense, and uh, that, I think, was key because even though the Nuggets actually only outscored the Blazers by two points in that third period, but they were up 12, and it just prevented Portland and Lillard going on one of those big pushes like they made in Game 1 there. So it was really, really important, I think, for the Nuggets to hold on to that lead and preserve it, and then they did close it out in the fourth quarter. Um, and what I did notice, or what I guess I didn't notice, is Terry Stodge didn't really react to that either. He sort of just didn't make any changes. Lillard's talked about it after the game, saying... 
you know, we're going to have to do some off-ball stuff there because mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon, about six inches or so bigger than Lillard, he's very athletic, he's very quick, and this is exactly the sort of assignment that the that the Nuggets wanted uh, Aaron Gordon for as well, potentially throw him out there and just put a bit of a blanket on him. And uh, I thought it was great. So, look, we know Lillard is going to bounce back. I mean, bounce back, he still had 42 points in the game. But what, what I mean is we know he's going to make adjustments and still get his shots off. But if you're Mike Malone and Nuggets, you may have found a way here just to sort of really almost be like, if Lillard goes off, then the other guys don't, or vice versa, to get themselves back into this series and take a lead. Because remember, a few years ago, this is huge, I think, against the Pelicans, what they did against Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum was basically put all the pressure on him and see if those other guys could beat the Blazers. Now, things have changed. That's a few years ago. But if you're the Denver Nuggets, I think game three, you absolutely start Aaron Gordon on Damian Lillard from the start and and see if you can really get into his grill there uh, and slow him down because I thought that was great. Jokic was fantastic. He had 25 points himself in the first half. Mm -hmm. But I think the real takeaway from this one for me is that the Nuggets might have found a way just to uh, make life difficult for Lillard. And if you can do that, then I think it makes life difficult for the Blazers in general. Yeah, was this a fun game to watch, Tass? I mean, Lee said it. We had the superstars <laughs> going off there in Jokic and Lillard. But, man, there were a lot of free throws and a lot of video reviews and very little flow. Uh, it was, I don't know. Maybe it was because we had just watched eight games over the weekend, had that, that the earlier blowout, which we'll get to with the butt. I don't know. It was a slog, man. It was tough, tough, tough mm-hmm. watching, I thought, which is, a, which is a shame. I get the officials are trying to get control of the game and all that. They don't want anything getting out of hand. But, like... We should, it's just, it was, it was bad. <laughs> it was gross, to be honest. Yeah, we got our high on the weekend, right? Yeah. We got our drugs. We got eight great <laughs> games. Eight of them. I mean, they were basically eight for eight. Although, you know, people hyping up that Nets Celtics game a little too much. But anyways, <laughs> it, was okay. it was, it was a solid, solid eight pack. And then, yeah, we hit a little rut with the Bucks and the Heat. And then this one as well. It, it was the video reviews, really. Unless mm-hmm. you like, un- unless you like the super physical contact, guys falling all over the place. You know, they were getting a little bit chippy. If, you, if you're into that, and it kind of was enjoyable. Melo giving a two-handed shove to the back of Nikola Jokic. Uh, Jamichael Green, Nuggets big man, doing some weird stuff through these first two games. He grabbed his <laughs> grabbed his junk in the first game. You know, like men are wont to do. We get, we're going to have a fight, so let me grab my junk and get into your face. Uh, you know, that was weird. And he, you know, he got he got into it in, the, in game number two as well. Uh, the Campazzo Lillard thing going yeah. on. Uh, it's endless. Uh, I, I think it. It is fun here having it in game two, uh, but yeah, there was there was a billion video reviews. Uh, the thing is, uh, you know, sometimes when you have the road team upset in game one, it's just bound to happen that the, the home team is going to win game two. And you know, I didn't I didn't see the supporting cast coming like this uh, for the Nuggets, but that was really the turnaround. So it's not really a, a sexy sexy storyline coming out of this game. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic was awesome in the first two games. He had 34, then he had 38. Their second star, Michael Porter Jr., couldn't even hit a shot uh, in this game. He had, a, he had a slower game, a worse game in this game. But really, no one's going to get super-duper excited about Paul Millsap showing up or Monte Morris <laughs> showing up. But it was the Nuggets bench that yeah. changed this game. They Give had me some to Shaq Harrison talk, Tess. I love Shaq Harrison. There we go. It's great to have a man named Shaquille uh, in, the, in the league. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, so they, they really needed somebody to get in Lillard's uh, grill. And Shaquille Harrison, a little spark plug, didn't play in the first game. And that's exactly what they did. First half, second quarter, they, they saw Lillard going off. You know, Lee mentioned the numbers. They needed somebody to get under his skin. And, uh, and it worked. And, uh, yeah, that, that was the one, one little uh, scuffle I didn't mention. But he was getting into Lillard's grill. Like, they are, they're definitely trying to get under his fingernails as much as possible. Yeah, and they're going to throw every body at him. And, yeah, it's great to have a Shaquille. And, you know, the Nuggets commentators going a little over the top when Shaquille Harrison – he got a little bit of a steal, a little bit of a turnover. Then he threw it down with two hands. And uh, Chris Marlowe on the call said, dunking it like the old Shaquille used to dunk it. <laughs> oh. Too much? A little too much? But whatever. Probably. What, yeah. Whatever. He, they, the, the Nuggets benches showed up for this one. Uh, what are they going to do in Game 3 and Game 4 is the question. Yeah, Millsap and Morris um, combining for 27. And then all the other starters there alongside Jokic also scoring. I thought the game was won, actually, Trey. Um with like a minute 50 to go in that first half, you guys brought up Shaq, because that's when Lillard, like Lillard was going insane. Like he hit another three there, like sort of double teamed on the side, didn't matter, he was in the groove, knocks it down, timeout, okay, holy crap, this guy's going supernova. It, would, it had cut the lead to four, again, about a minute 50 to go in the first half, but the Nuggets came out of a timeout, hey, here's a game plan, get the ball to Jokic, Uh, just calmly hit like a jumper from the free throw line. Okay, that gets it back to six. And then, yeah, Shaq Harrison is in there, and he was all over Dame on that possession. Dame fell over. Then he was, like, doing crazy prevent defense, just trying anything he could, Harrison was, to not get the ball back in Dame's hands. In the end, it ended with, like, McCollum, a contested jumper on the side. He misses that. Denver gets the board. They push it. You know, not the fastest uh, transition uh, play you've ever seen, but they go up the floor, finds Aaron Gordon in transition, and he hit the layup. And one, uh, and he hit the free throw, and suddenly Denver's back up nine. And then I think the next one down, even Shaq was all over Dame again. Dame tried to do the whole, like, mm, maybe I can draw the, uh, the, the foul shot on the three-point attempt there, sort of chuck my body in there. The rest didn't fall for it, so he just chucked it up, and then the Nuggets went the other way. It went back and forth a little bit, but it ended with Jokic hitting a three at the end to put him up 12. Like, again, Lillard was, that, that was that stretch where he hit, like, four threes, like, in, in a blink of an eye. And it was a four-point game, Trey. And then I thought the Nuggets just did an unbelievable job. Like, smart timeout, of course. Go to Jokic. And then they just ended the half on a great note and sort of then rode that in the second with Aaron Gordon being the switch up there on Dame. I thought that was huge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lillard scored 22, right, in the second quarter. And the Nuggets still won the quarter because they scored 42 to the Blazers, 36. And that's why, to me, this is going to be a very long series. We're probably going seven games at this point because I don't think you can really rely on either of these teams' uh, defenses. Certainly uh, not the Blazers. Um, I don't know. I've started rethinking this whole try to make Jokic a scorer thing. Obviously, he had more assists last night. Mm Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you want everybody else on the Nuggets to be taking the shots rather than Jokic, considering he's out there dominating every single time he touches the ball? He was just as special as Lillard in the first half. Obviously, it was 25 to 32 or whatever, but he's a guaranteed bucket. You're saying, okay, you go ahead and score. I know he wants to be a passer, but personally, I would rather have Facundo Campazzo taking jumpers, Marcus Howard taking jumpers, basically anybody but the MVP. Uh, but I don't think the Blazers are good enough defensively to really stick to that game plan. They got huge contributions from Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Simons in Game 1. They scored 8 points combined in Game 2, and that's why this is just going to continue to be a series that goes back and forth, back and forth, because both of these teams have a really great star, 
and then some good players uh, as well. So, yeah, great contributions from Millsap yesterday. Aaron Gordon was huge. Uh, and that's what you need to get a win uh, in game two here. The Blazers, 21 turnovers, outscored 54 to 32 in the paint, 16 to 4 in fast breaks, and uh, 21 to 4 in second chance points. Yeah, it was not a great, uh, you know, all around game from the Blazers outside of Lillard, I would say. And uh, the defense was, it was looking like that 29th ranked defense there, if we're being honest, Tass, for, uh, for the regular season. I know they had picked it up as of late at the end of the year with Nurks coming back there and playing, but. Uh, they just got carved up. There was a lot of easy buckets here from the Nuggets, who shot the ball exceptionally well, too. Yeah, the key minutes to me are when Jokic goes to the bench and Michael Porter Jr. is leading basically the, the second unit out there. If the Blazers can stop him and stop that second unit, which, uh, yeah, went went from being a, a negative in the double digits in Game 1, got outscored in double, by double digits in Game 1, to being... Uh, the outscores by 17 in, in the second game outscored the Nuggets bench. Those are the key minutes because Michael Porter Jr., they run the whole offense through him. But, yeah, all those other guys that he got going, uh, which was uh, really impressive to me that the, the Nuggets bench, uh, yeah, the, the oldies and Millsap and Monte Morris, and you, you don't even have a, a P.J. Dozier to, to sick on Lillard. You, you got to go deep with Shaq Harrison. The bench was, uh, was really important there. One thing I, I want to say about Michael Porter Jr. that I love about him is that he gets guys up in the air and he doesn't do the conventional like go horizontal and try and get a foul call thing mm-hmm. that every NBA player is doing and hopefully they look at one off season. We ask for it every year, but it's not happening. But he hasn't been sullied by that move yet. You know, he's still doing it like I just want to get my shots off. I don't want to go to the free throw You know, he's like, I want to shoot. So he wants he wants that those those real points. Uh, so hopefully that never happens because he he gets everybody up in the air, uh, but he's able to to navigate through. So yeah, I agree. Like it's gonna be a long series, uh, but the the big boys are canceling each other out right now. Lillard right. and Jokic, forty two and thirty eight. And then it's uh, the supporting cast, and you'd think with the, all the Nuggets injuries that they wouldn't be able to match the Blazers. Uh, so that's that's what I'm feeling for the rest of the series. Like the, the the guys who came through in this one, like Paul Millsap and Monte Morris, they're gonna have to come through again. Uh, Lee, what do you think about Trey saying like almost reconsidering the uh, the game plan to make Jokic like the uh, full on scorer there, and maybe that's could backfire. I guess. Do you like it? You hate it? Uh, you know, continue to do what they're doing with him. He's going to get his anyway. At least you're not getting killed on backdoor cuts. Uh, you know mm. that uh, he's throwing sweet dimes to and stuff like that. Like, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, you pick your poison with him because he's so capable of doing both. And hes I think he prefers to be the facilitator. I think he prefers to be the guy who gets, you know, 20, 25 points rather than have to go for 35 or 40 because, you know, he likes it when guys are cutting and he can hit those threes and that just opens up their offense a whole lot. So if you're the Blazers, do you just load up on him and say, all right, well, let's let's not let him go off uh, because he's so easy. He's so capable of doing that. And, you know, uh, Nurkic is a good matchup for him physically, but in terms of skill set, you know, Jokic really can just have his way because he can do that against most other defenders where he just sort of slips and slides into the lane there. You don't quite know what he's doing. And then if you get in his face, he still just has the uh, driveway dad Dirk fall away. So he's got so much uh, versatility versatility to his game. It's really hard to sort of take something away from him because he's more than willing as a uh, facilitator as, as much as he is a scorer. But I think in game two, when your team needs that win, I really like that your best player and your likely MVP goes out from the start and uh, really puts his dominance on the game offensively by scoring the ball, sort of taking that leadership role. 
because then it does change things in the second half of the Blazers. You're like, okay, now what do we do? Because these other guys, like you say, with Michael Porter Jr., I think he only hit three threes in this game, but that's mm-hmm. an improvement of the one in game one. It's like, okay, th- if these guys do start hitting shots, then uh, their offense looks so much better. So it's it's a tough one. I mean, you know, anytime a star dominates like that, uh, scoring or shooting the ball, you know, it, it usually leads his team to victory. It didn't for Lillard, of course, last night, but uh, it did for Jokic. So... Uh, <laughs> It's tough. I mean, if you've got someone who can really uh, slow him down and, and stop him from short scoring and shooting, then then put him on him. But the Blazers just don't have that guy, really. It's it's it, you're just hoping uh, Nurkic can can you know compete with him well, and um, he did he didn't really do a good job of that last night. I didn't think. Yeah, fifteen, 15 for, for twenty, 20. Yeah. for Jokic, <laughs> and and Nurkic fouled out with like yeah. ten minutes remaining in the yeah. fourth quarter. He fouled out pretty early. I if I'm the Blazers, I'm not confident he can stick Jokic every single night maybe once every other game he limits him to 14 for 27 like in game one but Jokic was still scoring at this point like I would rather lose to a six three-pointer game from Facundo Campazzo than seeing another 35 from Jokic Mm, you'd rather lose to a Bryn Forbes than a Giannis exactly right yeah (laughs) fair enough well great game from Jokic uh from a lot of these Nuggets players like Tass said everybody's stepping up uh in a you know look you want to call it was it a must win yeah, probably. I think yeah, so. Both yeah. games at home. Yeah. You're not, against a team that you that we all expect to be a long series, that would be very difficult to uh, come back and uh, out of a 2-0 hole when you had home court. So that was huge. Great victory. It should be a long series. Tied at one game apiece. We'll get to game three later in the week. But Let me just jump in here. Sure. Isn't it shocking that Damian Lillard, he had eight threes at half, tying the playoff record for most threes in a playoff half by Vince Carter? I know. Vince it is Carter some, that's still a weird has one. that record? Yeah. That's strange. All the guys, yeah, Kawhi Jordan bringing it up here in the uh, in the stream team. That's nuts. And events, if I'm not mistaken, hit eight straight. He did. Yeah, well, he did. Right? This was, is against the Sixers, yeah. right? The game series. three. Yeah, game yeah, three yeah. against the Sixers. He yeah. had fifty in that game. Yeah. Oh and wow. Then, uh, We're going way back. And then later on, graduated. Oh, yeah. goodness. Amazing. What a series. Uh, it is weird that it's Vince. I mean, what did Clay have that long. game um, against OKC oh, yeah. when he had eleven yeah, so in the game? He must only. I guess he had. Yeah, six. Must I have guess split it, split it up nicely. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. All right, Vince and Dame now with the record uh, three pointers made in a playoff game um, with eight. Somebody find me the play. Uh, in, somebody find uh, half. Somebody <laughs> find me the play in record though. That's what I want to know. <laughs> what is Can't it? Find it. Four, if, three. Right maybe now? if you if you have it in your brain, you might be able to reference it. But there's no way to find it anywhere on the internet. So <laughs> exactly. I, got, I got yelled at by John Schumann oh, yeah, of NBA.com awesome. for saying that it doesn't exist anywhere, and he said, "Yes, it does. There is a play-in tab on NBA.com, yeah. a specific play-in tab." Yeah, but if it's not universal, I know NBA is the is the holy grail of stats, but it's nowhere else. It's not on Basketball <laughs> Reference. It doesn't exist to me until it's somewhere else, right? Ooh, I, yeah, it doesn't it's exist be. until it's on Basketball Reference somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, you Which gotta I, verify I mean, it. They must be doing the play in tab two or section two, like NBA.com, you'd imagine. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Okay, well, let's go to the uh, the other blowout. It was the first one of the night. It was over in a hurry. Bucks capitalize on that hot start. They roll past the Heat, one thirty-two to ninety-eight. They are up two-zero in this rematch series versus Miami. Um, yeah, Trey, what's uh, what's the takeaway? You want to talk about Bryn Forbes, baby? Because he was on fire. <laughs> in the words of Lee Ellis, this was a game. <laughs> this was a game in the words of Tass Mellis this was the Bryn Forbes game yeah. that's a bad writer over early the Bucks made 10 threes and scored 46 points in the first quarter and it was all because of Tass's subterranean signing of the year Bryn Forbes <laughs> scored 14 in the first quarter made four threes and honestly the game was over after one quarter the Bucks mm-hmm. ended up making 22 three-pointers after just five in game one, they never trailed. They led by 36. It was an easy win for the Bucks. This was by far the worst game of the playoffs so far. But if you're <laughs> Milwaukee, sitting pretty right now, up 2-0, heading to Miami. You want a nail-biter. You want a blowout. And the biggest thing is that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo mm. cannot figure out the size of the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Jimmy... Took less jumpers last night. Took a lot of shots in the lane. Still only ended up with 10 points. Hasn't figured out how to attack Giannis yet. And Bam, to me, looks totally lost. They were running plays to get him post-ups earlier in the game. Looked like maybe he was waiting for a double team, looking for some sort of cut or whatever it was. He just ended up kind of holding the ball there in the post, waiting and dribbling away from the hoop before shooting a weird floater. And then he did it a couple of more times. I don't know. Basically, the only Heat player who played well last night was Dwayne Dedman. Are we at the Dwayne Dedman portion of this series already where the adjustment is starting Dwayne Dedman just because you need a little bit more size out there? Somebody to go at Lopez uh, to battle him on the glass. It allows Bam to go up a position and stick Giannis, and then maybe it's a little easier for Jimmy. I don't know, but it's not looking good for the Heat right now. Yeah, Tass, what do you think of your guy there? Forbes coming through. That, I mean, <laughs> look, at some point, too, the guy's hit three. Uh, maybe play him on the fourth one or the fifth one <laughs> or the sixth one. Like, he was... I know it's Bryn Forbes. He's going to be left open. But uh, when the guy's on fire, these are NBA players. Like, he... Uh, uh, there was one, maybe, where he had some uh, actual defense on him. A lot of these were of the wide-open variety. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm a big Bryn Forbes fan. I'm a big fan of what the Bucks did in the offseason. 
Uh, it's sort of been unheralded where everybody's talking about the Utah Jazz and how they shoot three-point shots. The Bucks changed their team as well. You know, it's not just Drew Holiday. They got three-point shooters around Giannis. That's why they have the all-time NBA record for threes in a game with 29. It was done earlier this season. I thought there was a chance after they hit 10 in the first freaking quarter uh, that they would surpass that. But yeah, if Bryn Forbes is getting open shots, um, that means you're just not playing defense. Uh, the, the, the Heat, it's just weird to see the Miami Heat just not show up the 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 bucks grabbed half of their misses in the first half one of every two shots they threw up and missed they grabbed that means the heat just didn't show up right i mean that's the the heat not playing uh any basketball that was that was weird so uh to me uh, you know other than the physical play in this game there was nothing to do but make stupid tweets so that's why i went to twitter <laughs> talking about brent forbes i made a real real cute tweet uh, about Bryn saying, uh, when the shot leaves Forbes' hands, it looks wet. And then it's Bryn there like swimwear. Hey, that's and then, not bad for that's you. Not, bad. not for you, but Bryn good. there like swimwear. Yeah, I tossed not... a like on this. I had to. Bryn there like swimwear. Of course. We're reaching here. It's a blowout. Let's, let's so have good. some fun. Oh, I mean, it was dead on Twitter. Then Brent Barry, San Antonio Spurs executive, and... Uh, the team that Brent Forbes came from last season mm-hmm. responded to me, said, just no. Uh, but he wanted to get in on it, too. He said, but on back-to-back threes, you could go Bryn there, done that. Uh, and then I didn't have a good... Too. No, yeah. no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then everybody well, he else likes no, it. He likes he it. Loves, yeah, he, he loves, he loves it, he man. He this guy wrote a whole song called PJ Tucker Open in the Corner. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be upset at you for saying Bryn there likes swimwear. Come on, Brent. Yeah, I... I had uh, I had a response. It, w- it was a real George Costanza f- moment for me. Like I came up with it like half an hour later. And it was just too late. Uh, I could I could have said, uh, "Why are y'all Brent out of shape, Barry? Because you gave up Forbes, you know, something like that. Because yeah. you gave him up last season. Because he was on your team last season. Why are you Brent out? Of- yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was a San Antonio Spur last year. And now he's rocking shots for That's the good. for the uh, for the Bucks. But uh, good for good for Bryn. Mm. But uh, yeah, a little bit worrisome going for the rest of the series. If if you're gonna play like like the Heat didn't play basketball, right? Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I mean. Terrible. Trevor Ariza may not be allowed to play anymore for the Heat here. Like, what's he bringing? I just want to know, like, I get it. I get the idea. Hey, maybe he's a Jay Crowder replacement. Well, he's not because he's given you nothing offensively, which Crowder, of course, couldn't hit, uh, couldn't miss threes when they last played in, uh, when he was there. And then he's has no chance of slowing Giannis down. I mean, Giannis ended with, like, a, a very quiet, I would say, in this game, 31-13 and 6, mm-hmm. uh, you know. It just has his. Every time I look, you know, you watch this game, like it feels like Giannis is just doing whatever he wants to Ariza to the point where Ariza is obviously getting frustrated and wrapping him up and then doing a push up on him. Uh, <laughs> and Giannis didn't seem to care. He's doing showing off his soccer skills later in the game. But like, I, I, I don't know if it is Deadman. That's uh, uh, maybe a little worrisome, Trey. But it's got to be something. I think I just don't get what what Ariza is bringing uh, to the team here at this point, Lily. Yeah, no, and uh, Giannis has to absolutely demolish him when he's on him. And I thought uh, even in that second quarter, the Bucks, you know, while Bryn Forbes is on fire. And by the way, I had one in the can. I should have fired it. Uh, Forbes is going for 30 for in under 30. Didn't let it go. I should have. Maybe that was it, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I was going to say fired. when he, of course hit he his, fired. I was going to say when he hit his fifth three, I was going to say uh, somebody checked the Forbes five and then put the zero, zero in brackets yeah. list or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, that's 
was a okay. brutal game, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was shopping tweets the exactly. day after. <laughs> I just want to get it right. And I was like, I, I sort of needing to get to 30, but then you can fire it. But anyway, um, the but the Bucks ran a couple of really simple things as well in that second quarter when they still had a 20, 23-point lead and Giannis got an alley-oop at the lane. He got dunks in there like that. That's what they need to do as well, just to sort of keep on flexing their muscles because, yeah, Ariza doesn't belong on the court trying to stop Giannis. He just, he's way too slow and he's not even, he's nowhere near big enough, you know. He, he no. might have the old man strength, but uh, that shouldn't count and, and it doesn't really. And, yeah, and you mentioned there when you did that push-up on Giannis after taking him down, I thought Giannis' response was great not to get sucked into that <laughs> Like smi- he was like smiling. Yeah. He was like confused. Because that's the sort of thing. I mean, we've seen Giannis, younger Giannis, get a little bit angry and get sort of, uh, you know, in the playoffs and can cost his team at times. And, mm-hmm. and last night he, t- he basically just looked at Trevor Rees and said, if you're out here and you're on me, I'm just going to demolish you. And uh, and he did. So, uh, you know, some certainly some concerns there for the Heat because um, I expect them to bounce back. But, yeah, Jimmy and Bam, if those guys aren't playing well, they've got no chance in this series. You know, you can't yeah. rely on Kendrick Nunn hitting threes. And, and you know, Duncan Robinson and, and, and Tyler Hero, they're going to hit threes, fine. But they still need Jimmy to set the table. Well, Tyler Hero uh, no, is definitely not. But they will. They will. They'll, 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 you know, you don't expect the Heat to, you know, obviously uh, go away without a whimper here. But, um, but yeah, the big, the big concern is that Jimmy hasn't really been able to get himself going. And, uh, and, and they need Bam as well. So uh, Jimmy good. made a mistake. He went stupidly locked in before game one. It <laughs> yeah. locked him in too much. He tried to recalibrate for last night. Didn't lock in enough. Mm. He should have just stuck with the standard locking in, which obviously worked last year. Yeah, mm. Stick with the mm. coffee. Don't yeah, I guess, I guess so. He's, he's moved to espresso now. He's a little too tuned up. Went with decaf last night. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Just get a standard drip, bud. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really impressive performance I thought from the Bucks. And uh, you know, will they be able to keep it up with that hot shooting? I mean, you think that's going to cool down somewhat down there in Miami? But um, overall, you know, Giannis, you, you mentioned their skids, thirty-one and thirteen, but didn't wasn't like Giannis sort of really dragged them to this victory. It was more just like well, no, because everybody was hitting. Th- I mean, he yeah. had a three-pointer to start the game, did he? Yeah, not? That, and then he like, went zero for six after that. Yeah, I think. so uh, right. you know, I, I would like him to sort of reel that in a little bit, but you know. Fine, do whatever you want out there, Giannis, when you're up 2-0 in the series. But uh, good, a good, a good bounce back by the Bucks, considering you know they weren't very good in Game One, and right. uh, and right. they didn't let that sort of the fact they got that win slip up in Game Two and go back to Miami. They need to dominate this series, and uh, so far, well, they haven't dominated the series, but they certainly dominated Game Two. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on Jimmy's got to be better. That's an obvious, but uh, just back to Bam Trey because there was a couple plays too where he got it, and he's like. He wasn't even looking at the rim. And, like, the Bucks are sagging off him. Like, anywhere between, like, you know, outside of the restricted area, they're like, go ahead, man. Like, what do you – like, he can't hit a shot right now. He's usually money with that shot, too. Like, he's really good from that area of the floor. But I saw Shu tweeted out. Shout out to Shu again. Jimmy and Bammer combined seven for 32 on shots between the restricted area and the three-point line. So the mid-game there, um, they can't they can't hit one. And then the Bucks are just sagging off them. And I – there was a couple where you're like, you could see the gears turning in Bam's head because the confidence is shot a little bit on the on his release right now. So he's like not even taking it. So, you know, Giannis at least is still letting it fly there, Lily. You almost want that from your superstars. This is Bam, this is Bam out of bio. This is a guy that mm. a lot of people had on their all-NBA teams. What number did um, he make of yours? He, he was top my, five at all-NBA teams, I yeah. think, for you. He was, he was uh, I believe he was number, I think I had him on my fourth uh, team. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. I, I made sure that Jokic was one and Bede was two. I wasn't getting silly with him on the, as a forward. And then three was Gobert. And then, yeah, Bam was four. But uh, mm. 
He's playing. I mean, I'd rather have JV on my uh, All NBA Fourth team oh, yeah. right now for being honest. No, Bam's got to play better. These guys, uh, they got their ass kicked. So it's like in a in a thirty-five, you know, point blowout, whatever the hell it was. Like that's what, like on one side, the the one team is playing incredibly well, and then on the other side, it's like the other team is garbage. To get to those type of scores, um, so we'll see if the Heat can bounce back. Um, I don't know what the change is, Tass. Is there anything that jumped out to you? Just outside of obviously just playing a lot harder and having your superstars come through a little bit better? <laughs> well, I thought a big change to start the game was not letting Duncan Robinson go off because that's mm-hmm. what happened in game one. Uh, the Heat superstars were still poop, but Duncan Robinson was holding them in the game. He had seven threes. And I think uh, the Bucks did a good job of giving him some extra hugs around the perimeter, just not letting him go. Uh, Chris Middleton was just literally not letting him out of his grasp and the refs weren't calling that so i wonder if the refs call that a little bit in game three but Mm -hmm. duncan couldn't get shots off he only hit two threes and yeah the rest of the the heat like bam uh yeah he's just caught in no man's land like he got the ball in mid-range and it's like you know he is uh, a center he's like an andre drummond like he he looks like a guy who's just not taking that shot. He's mm-hmm. looking for the dribble handoff. And then uh, he's, he kind of looks at the rim and says, oh, yeah, I can shoot. And then he kind of he just throws his body into Brooke Lopez and flicks it up. Like, he's not, he's not using his form. He's, and so, yeah, uh, yeah that's, uh, that's a strange one. Uh, there's a lot of things. If you lose by 30-plus, uh, <laughs> you got to play some freaking defense. You got to rebound. But, uh, you know, good signs for the Bucks. They jumped up from uh, the assist numbers from 19 to 34. Uh, but a part of that was the Heat just not playing defense. <laughs> yeah, and also with those assist numbers, it just a lot of them are so many times like Drew Holiday just giving it back to Bryn Forbes and he mm. hits a three because nobody can miss a three. Yeah, I'm like fired. I'm always like, you know, you gotta. I know Lee, you watch every assist or you used to for very solid play, but there's so many of that variation oh, where it's just like, well, if a bunch of guys are just hitting three pointers, then yeah, your assist <laughs> numbers are gonna look awesome. Like Drew Holiday had 15 assists. Yeah, that's great. I love him. He is an unbelievable upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Duh on both ends, but like, you know, how many assists from last night's game from Drew Holiday were you like, ooh, what a dime! You know? <laughs> no, a lot of it was just yeah. like, okay, kick it over to there, we're gonna yeah. hit another three. That's great, but, uh, you know, that's... that's smart, you know. smart, just, just yeah. That, yeah, pad your numbers in a game like that, because you are basically just letting go of the ball, and the other guy's just firing it in and giving you a, a stat for it, so it's great. Um, but that's also the thing, going back like to Jokic in that other game, he only had one assist. I mean, his passes weren't bad in the first game against the Blazers, just when guys aren't hitting shots, all of a sudden it's like, oh, he only had one assist, they kept him quiet, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I, I just wonder if the Heat perhaps throw Dragic into the starting lineup rather than uh, Kendrick Nunn for Game 3. I mean, they should get a reason out, but who are they going to put in for him? I mean, Eagle Dwayner, Dwayner, I mean, man, they it, need some help on the glass. They've got yeah. out-rebounded in both of these games. It's tough when you get outshot from the three-point line, give up 22 threes, and then also give up 21 offensive rebounds. That's not the kind of 2020 we like here on No Dunks. <laughs> no, I mean that that that's really their only option. I, I don't think um, you know. I don't think they're going to go with pressure. So you know, he's he's not ready. Um, Nemanja uh, Bjelica gets under Giannis's uh, skin. Yeah, but that's the thing. They if you're Giannis, you're licking your lips if uh, if Bjelica's sure. out there. I, I think Deadman is the only guy who you know physically can at least sort of. Uh, you know, push and shove a little bit better than anybody else can for the Heat. Oh, but for um, sure. Remember you know. how he scared the crap out of you when we were at the <laughs> Hawks game? Sitting <laughs> That's all I think about every I time I see for Dwayne sure, Dedman. For him sure. scaring the shit out of Leo. <laughs> him and Ivan Johnson, man. I am terrified of those dudes. Absolutely terrified. They're so, intimidating. Uh, They're very... They are. They are. <laughs> you got a scowl to them. 24-7 scowl. Um, game two, though, did get like, like I guess, the Blazers-Nuggets game. Got increasingly physical there in the second half because uh, we had the Ariza play. 
We had Kendrick Nunn uh, also getting a flagrant one foul um, in, in the third quarter. We had Dragic getting a dead ball technical foul, I guess it was, when he did like a little figure four leg lock on Middleton after they got mixed up. And Shout then in the, the Brad Hart. Yeah. yeah. And then in the uh, fourth quarter, I think it was, it was that Bobby Portis uh, technical um, after he sort of like pushed Bielitsa off Giannis. I actually liked that. I was, I had in my notes when the Heat were doing all this uh, extracurricular stuff there in the third quarter, I'm like, come on, somebody on the Bucks going to like say f*** off already like uh you know these guys are they're pissed they're down they're getting a little chippy but i'd like to see somebody on the milwaukee bucks like give it back a little bit um so i was i was i thought it would be bobby crazy uh, crazy bobby portis og bobby portis in his eyes uh i liked him stepping up for Giannis at least when uh bielito was over him because nothing happened with the Ariza one that's fine maybe they didn't see it or whatever i know it's a strange spot where it is on the floor but i, I was a fan of that uh if i'm if i'm a bucks fan i'd be like yeah Come on, that's Giannis. That's our guy. That's is that the tough player. guy? Is that the Bucks' tough guy, Bobby well, Portis? PJ Tucker is probably your PJ, other PJ. candidate, and those yeah. are both new guys to the team. So yeah, maybe they're bringing a little extra spunk to the well, proceedings. Just, you know what I mean, Trey? Right? Like the, the Heat were again. They're frustrated, so they're going to start, uh, you know, getting a little, sure. uh, getting a little handsy, and, and they're pissed off, so a little pushy and stuff like that. But uh, you gotta. You got to stick up for your guy at the very least, your superstar, and so because he can't be the one doing it. Even you know, even though we've seen him like try and take off, uh, um, uh, who was it, Dunleavy's head or whatever, in the series before. But anyway, I guess it used to be DJ Wilson with the Bucks, but they lost their David Guetta in that trade, so they don't have their DJ anymore. I just want to say David Guetta. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, hey, while we're not talking about the game because it was so boring, did you guys see the Miami Heat? Uh, jerseys that I guess were uh, leaked. I'm going to pop them up here, JD. Here they are. Uh, this is what we're apparently <laughs> going to be seeing next year. Um, what do you think, Lee? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, look, the heat, I don't know why they uh, go away from what works. I don't think this is working. I don't like these color clashes. <laughs> okay. Now, I can see that clearly it's like a mashup of all their old, or you know, some of their old jerseys yeah. and numbers yeah. there. Yeah. But uh, I don't think the numbers, uh, the colors there work all that well. The Heat said they're retiring their Miami Vice jerseys mm-hmm. after this season. I mean, they've had so many bangers. This one, to me, kind of looks like they ran out of ideas. Or they just got to, got drunk on, uh, on on power and love of like we, anything we put out is awesome. <laughs> no. No. Well, Drunk I guess uh, next that. year, like the NBA Drunk. with these, uh, what are these? I don't know. Are they City Edition or something like that? Uh, there's the theme is going to be like sort of like a mashup of a team's like logos and jerseys to some extent. I mean, the Heat, if this is true, Trey, like really running with it. Like this is uh, this is wild. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm with Lee here. I think they got a little drunk, drunk with power, power and more. love because some of these other <laughs> mashups look like there was a little bit more yeah. thought put into them to kind of make a coherent jersey, right? Like the Bulls one has the old school script font across the chest and like uh, the drop shadow number lower, like they used to have back in the '60s or whatever, and it just looks like a jersey that should exist. And this one looks like a ransom note, much like the Cleveland Cavaliers Rock and Roll Hall of Fame jersey looks like a ransom note. Yeah, Miami, uh, this season's uh, city jersey, the two-tone, and this one here, not my favorites. But some of the other uh, mashup ones look all right. Yeah, and these are leaks, by the way. These, may, these are not confirmed, so this could, uh, you know, maybe these teams are starting to get slick with this stuff and, like, start, like... Uh 
you know, mocking up these jerseys and get them out there in the world, and then they'll surprise us. But uh, look at Tass here catching a stray in the stream team. Those are worse than Tass's Bobcats jersey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Easy bucks block. Wow. Can't wait uh, to see what they do with the Hornets jersey. Are they going to get some of that, uh, like, a checkerboard pattern to reference their Bobcats past? Ooh, checkerboard, um, like, uh, s- style, like, into a gradient of the uh, honeycomb. Ooh. Checkered to the honeycomb. <laughs> see, I think, the like, to the I think these Miami ones are fake, but okay. I think they would sell just because it's mostly oh, black. Oh, I think so, too, actually. And, you know, it's I could see a billion of those on South Beach, like, the fellas will be wearing those. <laughs> right? The fellas, the fellas will be wearing of it. power and love will be wearing those on the Miami beach. Uh, uh, we'll because see. it's nice, we'll it's nice that it's different. It, to me, it's nice it's different. It's not like, you know, the whole jersey is the bluey flowing into the pinky, flowing into the... It's just a black jersey with, you know, some crazy cutout Photoshop uh, <laughs> yeah, clip art note. stuff going on there. But, uh, yeah, they're probably fake. Per uni watch, according to Bryant Singleton, it's for yeah. the 75th anniversary. So that mm. makes sense that all these teams are pulling from their past. I think it's ah. going to be a real one, Tassie. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, they're going to sell. We yeah, will see. Gonna, see yeah, on South Beach. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, yeah, you're right, Trey. I've seen a couple other uh, floating around. Maybe we'll do something uh, later in this week if we get some more blowouts and go through some of the leaked uh, 75th anniversary jerseys that are making their way to the internet. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. You guys, Lee, you know you've seen me, though, in the, uh, the gray sweatshirt, <laughs> jeans, and what kicks. 100%. And you strut around style. Vegas. Yeah, that is you. Yeah. yeah. You're a quick walker, looking good, feeling good, <laughs> chewing on your popsicle stick. Yeah. Man. God, I want an Astro Pop so bad right now. Do you guys get the uh, truck going around your neighborhoods? Is that thing still uh Oh, uh, what? The ice cream truck? Yeah, but 
I remember the last couple of years. It's just like a rental van these days. They're really uh, bottomed out. <laughs> it's like, like the guy's what? just got the like magnets on the side. Van of, selling no, it's like a U-Haul, and he's just got the magnets on the side of the truck. That's just like get your ice creams here. It's like there's no 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 pizzazz anymore. There's They've no actual truck. Uh, well, in our area anyway, there's been uh, been a couple of those guys. So uh, yeah, it's not the same. I'm not sending my kids. I'm not going out to buy one from a guy who's just like rented the van. I want the window. <laughs> I want the guy wearing the hat. You know, I want it to feel the uh, authentic experience. Does he have the just... music going at least? Like playing from his uh, iPhone? Just holding yeah, his iPhone out the, the window? I think he's just got his Spotify playlist going. So it's not the same either. You want oh. the ding, 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 ding. Yeah. yeah. All right. Is that you? Would you buy street ribs from a van though? Well, probably. That's a different story. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get to is this news. Got some good headlines here for you. Tell me whether or not they're newsworthy. First one from NBA.com. Utah Jazz guard Jordan Clarkson wins 2020-21 Kia NBA Sixth Man Award. Tass, is this news? Clarkson ultimately getting it with 65 first place votes. Well, it's not news because we kind of expected it, but news that they continue to find innovative ways to announce it, right? (laughs) Uh, Ernie Johnson. Uh, Yeah. On TNT, uh, basically, uh, you know, brought in Joe Ingles and uh, and Jordan Clarkson over satellite to talk about the series. I felt like they were talking about the series. So the two of them sit down. Uh, Ernie Johnson's asking a bunch of questions. Then he he quizzes. He starts this quiz sort of part of the uh, the interview, and he asks him three questions. And the, and the third question is, how many members of the Utah Jazz have won Sixth Man of the Year? Jordan Clarkson immediately says zero, which is the correct answer. And Joe Ingles says one. And then the reveal. Uh, You're the first one, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, this has been a, a great part of uh, the Zoom era here of, of the NBA. They're finding innovative ways to, to announce these winners. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I thought uh, they did a really good job. Yeah. You had uh, Clarkson getting the 65 first place votes there, 407 total points. And then Joe Ingles. That was the crazy part, giving him the assist there with the award. But uh he was second, Lily, with 34 mm-hmm. first-place votes. So they got 99 out of 100 first-place votes, uh, a Utah Jazz player did. Um, and Derrick Rose getting the lone other one there, uh, finishing third overall. What would you think of the reveal there? I thought it was pretty well done. It actually it got me, I'll tell you that. And I was like, I was sort of confused. Like, why are we talking to these guys? I guess the Jazz are in the news for other reasons with Donovan Mitchell. And we got Ingles wearing a Clarkson T-shirt. I'm like, that's cool. I guess we'll just hang out with these guys. And then... Yeah, and they uh, surprised them with the uh, award there. Clarkson seemed, you know, legitimately shocked by it, so which was pretty mm. cool. Yeah, I don't know why he was shocked though. I think this was his award to win very early on in the season. He was the second leading scorer on the best team in the uh, in t- NBA, and this award always goes to just the guy who gets the most points off the bench. I mean, yeah. it's the Lou Williams, Joe Crawford, uh, Joe, Joe Crawford, Crawford. Uh, Joe Jamal Crawford. Crawford Award. If you can score, and he plays just like those guys did when they win it, you just come out there, start firing away. He cooled off towards the end of the season, but. Uh, I'm not really surprised that he uh, that he ultimately picked up this award because uh, he was pretty good this season for the most part. I mean, those like I say, the percentages dipped a little in the second half, but prior to that, he was firing away, and uh, you know, does that's a good role for him, a good pl- uh, position for him to play and be successful. Hit 203 three pointers off the bench, Trey, fourth highest uh, single season total off the bench in NBA history from Clarkson. Yeah, incredible stuff. He said he basically learned, like you're saying, Lee, from talking with Jamal Crawford. He was teammates with Lou Williams, and he was teammates with J.R. Smith. Not 
many better <laughs> sixth men to learn from. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. man, when you're the sixth man, just go out and shoot it every time. You don't have to talk Jordan Clarkson into that. Had a great season as a sixth man. Joe Ingles, great season as a seventh man. And, yeah, I can't believe how much I liked that reveal. That was quite the hug from Clarkson and Ingles, yeah. you know? We're all getting back to hugging these days. It's usually just a couple little on the back, a quick tap tap, and then you're on to the next one. That was a serious embrace from those two guys, and he looked legitimately shocked, despite the fact that they were on TNT. And like you're saying, Joe Ingles was wearing a Jordan Clarkson (laughs) shirt. There should have been a little bit of a giveaway, but I was loving it, and I was loving it when uh, Jordan Clarkson was like, hey, man, thanks for passing me the ball all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Uh, Ingles was, like, doing a little production work, too, on that Zoom call task. Did you see, like, because they they stood up to, like, sort of celebrate the handing over the award and hugging, like Trey said, and then, like, so they were cut off because there's no, uh, you know, camera operator there. It's just a a Zoom setup. It's uh, just a camera plopped up there. But uh, Joe, at one point, is like, hey, let's sit back down. Let's get in frame here. I was like, wow, this guy does it all, man. Mad respect. Mad respect for that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, camera locked off. Yeah. Nobody, nobody able to uh, to tilt that thing up. But yeah, they wanted a full hug. They didn't want an awkward sitting down hug. So they mm-hmm. get up, have a full embrace, and then had to sit down. Yeah, great. Great job by Joe Ingles. And uh, yeah, the trophy was sort of nearby as well. Like it wasn't in uh, Jordan Clarkson's view, I guess, mm-hmm. or else that was a serious giveaway. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the way Jordan Clarkson gave that hug he didn't know he had no idea he was totally surprised so well done now it's going to be hard to continue to surprise guys with this stuff but so far so great it's gonna it's gonna have to elevate right every year they're gonna have to get better and better harder to fool them all right next one here let's stick with the jazz this is a different type of story espn we'll go with the headline donovan mitchell upset at utah jazz for late call to sit him for game one but says focus is now on game two lee Weird story with this one. Um, you know, we touched on it. There was so much going on with the eight games on the weekend. You know, we threw it in there that he was, like, going to play, said he was going to play, and then he was a late scratch and didn't play, and they lost. Um, they say he's good to go for game two. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't change, or uh, they might have to fight each other, I think, or something like that. But what do you make of this weird story that Brian Windhorst and Tim Bontemps, you know, really illustrating that Mitchell was quite pissed off with the, the, the Jazz uh, team training staff, I guess? Yeah, awful timing for this, for sure, for the Jazz, because uh, it looks like their star player is kind of at war almost with his front office and coaching staff there uh, because he was expecting to play in game one. He thought he was going to play, and the Jazz ultimately overruled him and said, no, you're not playing because you're not ready. Now, in that article you mentioned, I think it's actually uh, Tim McMahon, not Tim Bontemps. Oh, excuse me, got my Timmy's mixed up. Yeah, you got your Macca and your your good times got mixed up there. uh, (laughs) um, uh, And uh, and Windy as well, uh, leading the way. Um, You know, Donovan Mitchell was out for a lot longer than I expected with this initial uh, ankle injury from April 16. And he started working with his own uh, guys there. And that, I think, you know, we only have to look at the Kawhi Leonard situation. I think that's what's caused the friction between him and the front office is who really ultimately decides whether or not he should play. I think it comes down to the team. I think the team should have the the final say here. So um, the Jazz, after losing the game as well, this just becomes a bigger story because it's like, they can't afford now to drop game two and fall behind 2-0 in this series or else they'll be under enormous pressure. So they need to go out there and have a win and have people talking about their game and the way they're playing again rather than anything else because uh, this threatens to derail 
what has been an incredible season for Utah. Uh, and if they uh, were to lose somehow in this first round, I mean, that would just be a disaster for them. So I think they'll be fine. I think they can get out of it, and I think they can smooth things over. And that article as well, they sort of alluded to the fact that Dwayne Wade is now a part of the uh, ownership group there, a minority owner. Um, so he could sort of come in, and his voice, I think, carries a lot of weight. And I think he would be able to smooth things over there and uh, and get people on the right page. Because uh, if there's any sort of inner turmoil that translates or carries over to the game, and it's and you can see it under the court. That uh, that's just a, a recipe for disaster. So, um, you know, I think the Jazz get on top of this quickly and uh, hopefully win Game Two for them, and they can uh, get back to playing basketball because it's uh, an awful look for them right now. Yeah, Trey, what do you make of this weird situation here in Utah? I don't even know why this story came out. I have a feeling if the Jazz win Game One, we maybe just hear that it was a late call for Donovan Mitchell, and they're like, wow, that was really surprising, but we're thankful to be able to pull out a win playing without him. So why did this story even come out? Because we've already heard that he's going to be available for game two, that they've smoothed everything over. So was this just basically, hey, Donovan Mitchell wanted to play in game one, but he wasn't able to? Is that the only reason we're hearing this? So we knew that he wanted to be out there? I don't get it. It seems completely uh, unnecessary for there to be drama after game one of your first round playoff series. You just had maybe your best regular season uh, in franchise history, and now you're beefing after game one. Not a great look for the Jazz. Uh, I think it's only out here, Tass, because Donovan Mitchell made it public. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. of course, on record saying, like, I was playing. I told you I was playing. I was good to go. And then they're, like, preventing me from doing that. They're trying to protect me from myself. But I'm myself, and I know I can play, and I can help win. Uh, I agree with everything you said. If they win this game, then this is not a headline here on the show, I'm sure. But they didn't. I think they got a little cute with it, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, the Jazz did. I think if they were playing the Warriors or the Lakers in a first-round series, I'm guessing he plays in Game 1, uh, knowing the importance of it and how tough that series might be. But they thought, well, it's the Grizz. You know, maybe we can steal this one uh, without our superstar, and then... Bring him back in games two or three. Hell, maybe they win game one and he doesn't even came back for game two, for all we know. I know there's a big break here, but anyway, that's my opinion on it. That's just uh, what my gut says. But what do you think, Tess? Well, I just, I really hope that it doesn't turn into a Kawhi Leonard situation with the Spurs. And I don't think it will just because even uh, Donovan Mitchell's body language was uh, a far more into the game than uh, Kawhi Leonard ever was uh, after the the injuries. I mean, he, he Kawhi Leonard basically disappeared. Donovan Mitchell was there on the sideline cheering on Rudy Gobert. He was there trying to help out guys. Uh, so I, I just think it's something that a win or two or three or four will just squash right. real quick yeah. I, I, I think that's what it, what it comes down to but yeah the the stories probably just happened because it's a loss and click 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 well he tweeted uh, though as well yeah he did this story yeah, i want to make that very clear he he, yeah. he came out and sort of you know basically lambasted his jazz training staff uh, yeah. he, he put he them said on he blast. wanted to say more yeah. and stuff which yeah. is uh that's awful that's just an awful look for the organization if your star right. player is tweeting that so don't tweet. That's the rule here. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a final headline here. This one's interesting. Uh, we'll go to The Athletic for this one. The NBA says LeBron James' attendance at an outdoor event didn't create COVID-19 risk. Uh, Task the league released a statement to clarify any remaining misconception about why LeBron was not required to quarantine in accordance with the league's health and safety protocols because he was at this uh, tequila brand event last week before the Lakers played the Warriors. So the, the league coming out with a statement about LeBron, and here's why he 
obviously didn't have to get miss a game or get fined or anything like that. What do you make of this? Is this news? Well, the NBA had to come out with a statement because everybody was criticizing them, saying, you guys don't have the guts to suspend LeBron James after he violated COVID protocol. There's been a ton of guys who violated COVID protocol, and there's been a ton of instances, us included, uh, where we're all sort of tiptoeing around the LeBron James stories, right? We don't want to piss off the king. Oh, we, we all don't want you know the, the league that's based on stardom uh, to have their best guy be suspended or to be to be bad mouthed in any way, we're all guilty of that. And uh, yeah, this league that's based on stars more than any other league. I know what's happened in the past. I know Barkley came out and said the league just doesn't have the guts to suspend LeBron James. So there is that history going up against this. But I think if you look at this situation in a vacuum, this isn't. Uh, exactly the same as the previous eight months. Things have changed with COVID-19 protocols. At least they should have. I mean, they have on a, on in a governmental level and the CDC level. Like we know that if you're outside, like this tequila event was, uh, the transmission of COVID-19 just isn't as prevalent. They've learned that. And as well, uh, the other fact is everyone was vaccinated at this event. He was there for a short time. I think just because of everything that's changed. I think it's totally fine, but the NBA had to come out and address it because we've seen so many instances like Kevin Durant sitting on the bench uh, in a Brooklyn Nets uh, uniform, had to go to the back and then, you know, he tweets, free me. You know, so it's, it's like the NBA has to address it. Unfortunately, I hate this story, uh, but at the same time, uh, that's that's the situation. I, I think it's I think it's. Fine. I know people are saying in the in the stream team that he isn't vaccinated. Yeah, I want to clarify something, Tass, because in the statement, it, the, the NBA said participants at the event were required to be vaccinated mm. or have a negative COVID nineteen test result. And I think that last important that last part is important there, especially with Braun, because we he he is not on record. He he's almost like almost refusing to answer the question. It's his right to that to to people are asking, are you vaccinated? Are you going to get vaccinated? All that. And he sort of like keeps skirting around that issue. Um, And, you know, we could debate whether public figures have more of a responsibility to publicly get vaccinated. Some of LeBron's status and all that. But yeah, that was interesting part in that statement. I thought that they said everybody was vaccinated there or, you know, they had a negative COVID-19 test result. and, And this has happened before with other players and we're not corn. He doesn't need to be fined or suspended or anything like that. Yeah, because he still is undergoing testing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but the, but the league is saying in their statement, like other guys have done these things and have not been penalized. And I think when they say that over the last little bit, with following the protocols of either being at an outdoor event or again they're vaccinated or have uh, at least taken the test and, and done negative. That's what I think. Trey, what, what is this news at all? I mean, it's obviously news because it's LeBron and he's at a party with Drake, who's hugely famous, and Michael B. Jordan, who's hugely famous. It's not the same if, you know, Mason Plumley is going to an event for bio armor body fuel or something. There's some, <laughs> uh, I don't know, who's a famous Detroit actor? Uh, Shy McBride is a big Midwest guy. If it's Mason Plumley and Shy McBride, we're not following up on this, but you have to because it's LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, people just want to know if he's vaccinated, though. That's really yes. all that people yeah. care about at yes. this point. And I don't think we're going to get the answer because there was no clarification in the statement from the NBA, despite the fact that they kind of tried to clarify things. We just want to hear LeBron say, yeah, I got vaccinated and I think other people should, too. But that's up to him to decide if he's actually going to say something about it. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Whether he's been vaccinated or not, just tell us one way or the other, because not by hiding away from it and, and not answering, I think that just creates more confusion. So, um, you know, if he chooses not to, fine. That's his responsibility. I think it's silly, but I would just like him to clarify it so that people aren't left guessing. Yeah, uh, well, but, I but think he's giving you his answer when he's not by saying his answer. yeah that he hasn't been yeah. it sounds like um, I, I would anyway expect, i don't see why i don't see if no. he was vaccinated why he wouldn't tell you he was vaccinated so yeah it's it's a, it's a weird situation but uh yeah it's it's just because it's lebron and, and the lebron haters out there want him suspended and banned and, and all that because they think that uh that's what he deserves but if he did pass a negative test like everyone's supposed to when everyone else was vaccinated then he shouldn't have been suspended i think the nba made the right choice in that case mm-hmm so there it is. Let us know, newsworthy or not, all three of those headlines. Clarkson winning six man, Mitchell upset with the Jazz, and LeBron not going to be penalized at all for uh, attending a, a tequila brand event. What was the tequila? Is it his? I, I mean, whose is it? He, Drake's? Yeah, is it his? Well, he's got a part of it. That's <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Well, what is it? What's the brand? I mean, I don't I, need to give I forget it free what publicity. The name okay, was. don't worry about it. Don't worry about yeah, it. Right. I'm just thirsty right now. It's early, though. Uh, JD, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Yes, tweet of the night. Uh, this was a no-brainer. Um, we, we should go back to yesterday's uh, tweet of the night where Kavitha Davison went down to MSG and uh, sat behind this person who had a very large hat. Yep. <laughs> so Bit of a knob move. I thought it might be Eddie, right? Because it looks like mm. Eddie, the movie Eddie is like, has got some dreads happening there. And also it kind of looks like her seats, right? Uh, if I remember that movie yeah. correctly. Oh, where, yeah. Where yeah, not bad. Very, Pretty good seats. Yeah. It's very close. I Pretty think similar. Eddie had worse seats. So, like, there are a few rows back. Yeah. Super, super close. You're right. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, then that got us talking about hats, and uh, yeah. Lee pulled out his, uh, what is this, a stovetop hat <laughs> or something? <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's a very tall hat. It's an ob- obnoxious hat to sit behind. And then, of course, <laughs> for some reason, inexplicably, at the end of the show, I think it was Tass who ca- called out for everybody to send us pictures of their hats. Yep. So, um, your hats. all right. And we got we, some. We okay. got nice. Some. We got so some dumb hats uh, to look at. We got some dumb hats to look at. So all let's right. let's get into it. Here's Ethan. Oh. He just says, uh, Ethan Gill, love my hat. That's, fire. Nice. that's a nice that's a looking Good look, man. Yeah. yeah, that's like an Indiana yeah. Jones exactly, style right yeah. there. That's nice. It's yeah. a bordering on Pharrell, like the, yeah. the height of it. <laughs> kind of tall. Yeah. Kind of tall. Bit. Looking like an Arby's bit. hat almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Arby's. We love <laughs> Love my hat. <laughs> uh, this oh, one's from wow. Tom oh, Frederick. Nice now, Tom, whatever. You're fishing yeah. and you got a hat on. Big deal. Yeah. You're just showing us the fish. Okay, yeah. we're all yeah, very nice impressed with your fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's about the fish, not the hat. Come on, Tom. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't just shoot that one to Trey. He only just put it to no dogs, but I thought he might have thought, if I can slip this one into Trey, he's definitely going to put it on the show. But it got in anyway, so well done, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, pretty go, nice man. bass too, man. Congrats. Yeah, very mm. good, very good. Okay, here's Brent Ferrari, our, our buddy Brent oh, Ferrari. Okay. Brent what's this? Many years ago, I won possibly the greatest hat ever at fly at a Flying J truck stop, and it says it's yellow, and it looks like it might be 
a peep branded hat maybe uh, uh maybe yeah it's got a sort of a duck face on it and some polka dots on top it's maybe the ugliest hat happy um it def- easter yeah <laughs> happy easter on the bill hold on he won it yeah, yeah. Truck stop? Like, what i the think he lost that on? competition whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> yep that, absolutely that's okay so here's uh tim uh, here we uh, go. moran now th- uh, this is owen i uh, maybe his son uh, and it was Wacky Hat Day at school, and he's got three hats on. Now, Owen, I think the Animal Crossing hat would have been fine, right? Because mm, it's wacky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're in a pinch, though, if you're in a pinch and it's Wacky Hat Day, wear three hats. Yeah, it's, it's smart. Yeah, it's a good there you move. Go. It's yep. a good move. Okay, Devin sent us, I don't know, 50 <laughs> hats. So I've just picked one of his daughter. Just sitting calmly collect, uh, and collectively as I walk into the room and notice she's just sitting there with a bucket on her head, mm. oh, completely man. covering her face. I, uh, I hate to be at Lee Ellis. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling on my phone. I have a photo of my buddy Dub that's very similar to this. I'll maybe try and get it for tomorrow's show. Cause I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to go back and find it. Oh, that's great. Cool. All right, let's get to Muhammad here. Muhammad Hassan. Oh, yeah. Now listen, Muhammad, I don't know you. <laughs> I this is the only picture I've ever seen of you, but this is the best you've ever looked. Oh my god. <laughs> He's got like a white fedora on. He's on yeah. the beach in Mexico. He says I wore it once and left it in Mexico. I got I assume by accident because this is <laughs> an awesome hat. Very good luck, uh, Mohammed. Okay, He's got a bit of a travel uh, hat, a bit of a Graydon Gordian look to him. A little bit, right a little there. Bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah uh, but uh, Mohammed was waiting for something like this to show off this oh, pose. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> these people aren't sending us in their photos of the hats; they're just sending in great their favorite photos. It's awesome. <laughs> totally. Everybody looks good at it. Okay, here's uh, here's Amelia par- person. Uh, okay. This is me graduating uh, with the so-called student mosa. Shout out to the IKEA guy off the top of the show. <laughs> it's tradition in Sweden to wear this, and literally everyone has one. It's special for sure, and it's sort of like a yacht rock captain's hat. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, a- I'll say this: I thought, okay, this is kind of silly, maybe I guess, but it's way better than our grad hats. You know, oh, the North American, 100%. the mortarboard. Yeah. This I would love to have one of these. Just a sea of grads wearing a go heading to a yacht rock concert. You know, <laughs> it looks like you're going to a party. No doubt. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah these totally. are great. Yeah. You could rewear this. You know, I I always hear that about um, you know, like uh, like an outfit you have to get for an event. Oh, I could wear this somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> you usually don't, but you could wear a student mosa somewhere else. I Absolutely. do think, especially a yacht rock concert. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, here's John Horn. He sent this one. He's a longtime fan of the show. I don't know if this is him or his son. It just says boom. And it's just the cute, it's cutest son. little guy wearing a trapper hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. You have this, I mean, JD. Basically. I have this, yeah, yeah. of course. Nice yeah. I think every Canadian should have this because mm. it gets cold. Yep. Here. All right. A uh, cu- couple more here. This is uh, Mojo Morrison. This is a power look. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love yeah. this hat. I love this hat. Uh, you know, let's not pick genders here. I, I think it might hat. be a woman's hat. It might yeah. be geared to women, but you know what? He Who pulls cares? it off, and uh, his uh, I can see him. Uh, his uh, his Instagram has a, a Canadian flag, but also the Trinidad Tobago, uh, and I can see this on the beaches in Trinidad Tobago. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! So, no um, and finally, we have uh, Pierre 
his girlfriend is wearing a hat that was given to him at a place called Dick's Last Resort. It's a paper hat. It looks like a chef's hat. And it says on it in marker, will fart for food. So I guess this is a thing that they do at, at this place. They just write uh, weird shit on your hat and you have to wear it while you're eating your dinner, I guess. So. Nice. Dick's Very Last nice. Resort. Dick's Last Resort. Yeah. Um, so uh, shout out to all the hats out there. And I see... Uh, yeah, I was going uh, to show you. That's the one I was going to That's my cool. buddy Dub in Portugal. He had uh, torn his ACL prior to the trip. So he had the old walking boot on there. Not a great city uh, to attend nah. when you have a big boot like that. A lot of walking in Portugal. A lot of cobblestone. But yeah, similar to uh, to, this, to this. Uh, Botter yeah. Street? Um, mm. No, it's not on Botter Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right He's not wearing a sweater. Yeah, or how high does it go up? Because it's cut off at the top there. I well, mean. that's the thing. So he's actually not... Uh, that is like one of those like uh, shoots where they're doing construction, oh. like down a building. Like somebody comes so several a couple stories. bricks on his head there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, several stories. Up. This is a really tall hat. I don't. This uh, photo reminds me of a Red Hot Chili Peppers music video. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> this needs a single sock, right? <laughs> you can put that boot on it. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. All right, thanks for sending in your crazy hats. Uh, we really appreciate it. Great tweet. <laughs> I brought a couple of wacky hats real quick. I see right. Lee's got his on. Check I brought my bucket on. hat. I thought I would have wackier hats. You know, this one's yeah. fine. No, that's just cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is like a kind of an inspector hat. <laughs> I like how yeah. your shoulder's keeping <laughs> yeah. your headphones on. Well, my shoulders are actually trying to keep my earphones on uh, right now. You look like uh, Jim yeah. Henson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he? <laughs> totally. <laughs> cool. I, I never knew how important my neck was to my general look right now. Yeah. I don't know. It's looking very weird. <laughs> All right. uh, but this is my other wacky hat I like. Okay. You guys remember this? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. A big logo starters hat. This to me now looks like um, like a NASCAR hat Yeah. at this point. Yeah. So I'm getting more into wearing it as I get more and more into F1. I feel like this will be my America's hat. Oh, Matches man. that shirt you're wearing oh. today, yeah, too. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Now thank I gotta much. go find another photo of all of us wearing those hats <laughs> yeah. uh, in a hotel room in Chicago, if I remember correctly. Uh, like, we tried to recreate the cover of uh, Queen, uh, the oh, album yeah. cover with the four heads, like, all close. We're all wearing those big wearing old hats. starters logo hats. We'll save it for tomorrow. We'll save it for tomorrow. Uh, three games on tonight, guys. Celtics Nets, Lakers Suns, Mavericks Clippers. Tess, which one are you most excited for uh, tonight from those three game twos? Give me the one on NBA TV, baby. Uh, the Mavs and the Clippers. Uh, do the Clippers make a starting lineup change? Give me a little Serge Ibaka in there. Uh, I just wonder, they got smashed at home. I know it was uh, tied with three minutes left, but when you lose by double digits at home uh, in game one, that's a smash job. Uh, so I just want to see how they come back. And uh, I wonder if they changed that uh, that starting lineup a little bit. I mean, they got to throw some Nicola Batum in there. Uh, Ty Lue's probably not the type of guy to switch it up off the bat. It kind of screams a little desperation, but maybe it's the finishing lineup. Uh, they, they just got to play harder, uh, which is uh, pretty simple to say. But, uh, yeah, maybe Serge Ibaka isn't playing to his capabilities, but I want my surge out there. That's what they got him for. Coach Lou, uh, I thought said in so many words that you're going to see Kawhi on Luka a lot more 
in uh, in game two they here should. because uh, mm-hmm. he was barely on him at all. Uh, wonder if we'll see uh, more Baca, like you said, maybe a little more Terrence Mann, get a little uh, energy going in there. We'll see what Lou's got up his sleeve in game two. It's a, a must win. That's what you said, right, Lili? Clips got to win game two here tonight. Uh, they absolutely have to win. They can't go to Dallas down 0-2. I mean, the series won't be over, but it'll just make so much more of that situation potentially combustible about how they respond under pressure. Didn't do a good job of it last season. Didn't do a good job of it in game one. And Trey, Lakers-Suns game two. Obviously, Suns taking uh, care of business in game one with the nine-point victory. Really, really dominant performance uh, all around both sides. Does LeBron have a monster game in him tonight? Uh, or can the Suns go back to LA up 2-0 and just hold home court? What do you think? Two biggest questions for me are going to be Chris Paul's shoulder. What's going on? That was just such a strange play. And then to see the way he was struggling to lift the ball above his shoulders for the entirety of that game. Is there any sort of lingering side effects? I guess we'll find out pretty early on. But he did play in game one, so at least he'll be out there even if he's a little bit compromised. The Suns were still able to take the win. The other big thing is DeAndre Ayton was incredible Uh, In game one, 21 points, 16 rebounds, was able to play 36 minutes. I assume LeBron will have a bounce back game too, and I'm assuming the same for Anthony Davis, which means it's going to be imperative for Aiton to have the kind of game he had in game one if the Suns are going to be able to win another one here. Can't wait to watch him. Can't wait to talk about him with you guys on tomorrow's podcast. Join us live on YouTube at 10 a.m. Eastern. Also, hitting the beach tomorrow afternoon on Wednesday, so get your questions in. You still got time. Email them in nodunksattheathletic.com, or you can tweet them in at No Dunks Inc., or leave them in the YouTube comments uh, below this video. Fun show, great hats. Enjoy the coverage tonight, guys, and we'll be back tomorrow morning. Clipper Bros! You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us, folks. Two things to say. I hope we see some Mark Gasol tonight. Get some spacing to that Lakers offense. And the second thing, anything can be a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the day, people. It's a cool hat. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.